Hello, I'd like to welcome you back to our series on the fivefold ministry. Uh, this week we're going to be talking about the ministry of a pastor. Um, we're going to basically do the same kind of rundown as we have with the other ministries that we've covered. And um, I, I think this is going to kind of open up your eyes a little bit. We're basically going to redefine the position of a pastor biblically. Uh, so if, if you have an idea of what a pastor is now, I think it might change just slightly by the end of this lesson. I don't think you're too far off, but if you're like me, you have an idea in your head, but it just needs tweaked slightly. Let's go ahead and open up with a word of prayer, and then we'll get on into the content. Heavenly Father, right now in the name of Jesus, we come to you and we thank you, Lord God that you have called us to this place, Lord. I know that not one of us comes together for this for this uh, series, Lord, by accident. I know, Lord God, that you know no coincidence, but, Father, that you've called us all together to, to learn this and study this by divine appointment. And, Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, the same as I've prayed uh, in, in weeks past, Lord, I pray that you would just uh, begin to open up the ears and the hearts and the eyes of these people who've gathered to learn, Lord God, what you want them to learn. I pray, Lord God, that each person would walk away with a new understanding today of of what you need them to understand about the ministry of a pastor. Father, I pray that you would use my voice to minister to these people, but Father, that you alone would be the minister. Father, I pray that you would begin to fill each person afresh. Father, that they might uh, be listening in, taking notes, and saying, I didn't know that, and, and, and thanking you, Lord God, that they would thank you primarily because you are the one who is bringing revelation knowledge uh, through through this material. And Father, I give you thanks and praise, ask your dedication, your blessing upon this time. In Jesus' name, and all God's children said, amen. So, if you have your pen and pencil or pen and paper ready to roll, we're going to start with a little bit of Greek, just the way that we have. Uh, it's important for us to have that Greek understanding uh, because of the New Testament references that we're using throughout this class. And so the Greek word that we're going to use for pastor is poimen, P-O-I-M-E-N, poimen. And it literally translates, are you ready for this? Shepherd. And I bet you didn't see that coming, or maybe you did. It's 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 a shepherd. So when we read the word pastor in the New Testament, which only occurs, I believe, one time in the New Testament, um, it's it's very unique that that this word is translated in that in that one instance, pastor, because the rest of the time. Poimen is translated shepherd. All right, uh, so that's your Greek lesson for this for this week. Uh, next thing I want is just one more time. Maybe you even caught me uh, as I introduced this lesson, the ministry of a pastor. Uh, I'm I'm working on my own thought process, even as I uh, have taken the course, and now as I'm teaching this course, I am hoping that you're working on your thought process so that you're not talking about the pastor but rather that you're talking about 
a pastor because, of course, just the same. Remember that uh, I, I said a few weeks ago, Jesus is the minister. He's the one of all five of these that we're talking about in this course. So if you're talking about the pastor or uh, the shepherd, if you're going back to Greek and saying poimen, the shepherd or the pastor is Jesus. A pastor, a shepherd is anyone um, functioning in, in that calling, of course, under him. So we need to talk about some functions of a pastor. What, what is a pastor responsible for? Well, I'm going to give you six, and I want you to write them down. And I want, there's, there's one in particular that I really want you um, to think on for the week. And, and I'll let you know which one that is when we get to it. It's not the first, it's not the last, it's, I've got it mixed up into the middle. Some functions of a pastor or responsibilities of a pastor. We're going we're gonna to need pastors to feed the flock. So you consider that a pastor serves in the role of a shepherd. And, and so a shepherd is going to feed the sheep. pastor needs to feed the flock, needs to tend the needy, uh, needs to guard them. Be the door. That's the one that I want you to underline a couple times, and I want you to, I want you to think on that, pray on it, and ponder it. Um, I don't actually... I'll, I'll say a little bit more on Be the Door, but I'm not going to... I'm not going to go into depth on it. I want you to make a discovery the way that I made a discovery. I want you to get into Scripture and figure out, um, you know, what, what that means be the door. Um, next, a pastor needs to operate in the giftings. Okay? And what do we mean by that? That means all the spiritual gifts. pastor needs to uh, understand because a, a pastor is an overseer. Um, if, if we're going back to eldership way back in the beginning where we talked about overseeing, we talked about elders and bishops, a pastor is going to be, um, in, in today's modern church, is going to be the elder to the elders, or the bishop to the bishops, the overseer of the overseers, okay? Um, so, so a pastor needs to be able to operate in the giftings. If a pastor is not able to operate in the giftings of the Spirit, then... Uh, how is a pastor going to be able to recognize the giftings of the Spirit and um, be able to appoint people properly and, and recognize gifts and callings in others' lives if a pastor isn't adequately operating in spiritual gifts? So that's why that's important. And finally, the last one that I want to leave you with is a, a pastor, a shepherd, lays down his life for his flock. And that comes directly um, from the life of Jesus, Jesus being the good shepherd. And Jesus laid down his life for us. So we are to take that example. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily say that a pastor should um, f- 
physically lay down his life for for the flock. However, in in strange and uncertain times, I guess you know, uh, just I, I would say if you have a if you have a qualm with that one, seek God on it and allow Him to convict your spirit. However, He needs to convict your spirit. I personally see lay down one's life as as an immediate example of what Jesus did for us and and further than that I see it as um, not the physical laying down of of life as we know it but the laying down of life unto service Um, that sometimes things need to be prioritized so that God is first and you know, of course, God and spouse and family are, are the umbrella, but then there comes a point where a pastor needs to be able to be there for the, for the flock, and there's going to be sacrifices that are made throughout life that, that are going to be kind of seen as the laying down of a life. So I want to go back just briefly to being the door. Um... All I'm going to say on that, and I'm, I'm actually scratching my head as I consider what all I want to say. All I want to say on that is I want you to just for a moment close your eyes. And um, for some in the group who are familiar with sheep, you'll be able to close your eyes and image this a little bit easier. But go, go ahead and close your eyes for just a minute. And I want you to imagine that you're in... A barn full of sheep. Okay? There is a door at the end of the barn. And the sheep would like to go out that door. But you are the shepherd. And you can see that off on the hillside, there's a danger. And and so you stand in the doorway say not yet you you stand in the way and say it's not safe I'll let you know when it's safe and and when you see that the danger has cleared you step aside and you allow the flock out to graze so be the door I want you to search scripture on your own a little bit um, get get a good study Bible if you don't have one and and begin to study what it means to be the door. Uh, you'll find that God is our door and um, that just really allow God to lead you in that. Uh, some, some really beautiful revelation that can open up through understanding what it means to be the door. Okay, uh, so I did talk a little bit about being a leader of leaders. So um, I, I'll share with you a a little bit of a personal story in this one. Being a leader of leaders, an overseer of overseers. Uh, so Jesus, of course, is the shepherd. Absolutely, hands down, the shepherd. We who serve in the pastorate or, or as shepherds of the flock here on earth, we are the under-shepherds. Okay, but in the in the 
taboo hierarchy of the church system that we know today, a pastor is the chief shepherd and elders are the under shepherds. So basically, um, and, and frankly, that's that's sort of the way that we almost have to see it right now uh, because our minds are so trained to 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 be able to function with that hierarchy in place. Um, but but I want you to learn this and learn it well so that you can understand what God intended. Uh, so Jesus is supposed to be the chief shepherd. And then that makes all of us under shepherds and then the elders under under shepherds, if, if you can kind of follow that. Maybe if you write it out in a tier system. Jesus is the chief chief shepherd, and then um, a, a local pastor is an under-shepherd of Jesus, and then the elders are under-under-shepherds of the local pastor. Okay? Um, so I want to share with you a vision that the Lord had given me while I was taking this class. And... Um, I, w- I would actually tell you and, and encourage you that I spent a lot of extra study time whenever it came to this particular lesson because I recognize that my own calling is to the ministry of a pastor. I recognize that that's where my heart is. And so in all of this, I didn't, I didn't take this lesson, I didn't take any of the lessons lightly, but I didn't take this one lightly at all. This one I really took to heart and I really sought to study and seek God and try to come up with um, a, a, a way in my mind of how it's supposed to look. And so as I prayed and I sought the Lord on it, he had given me this vision of sheep on a hillside, okay? And if, and if, if you uh, want to close your eyes and try to envision this this vision that I had, uh, perhaps it would do you some good, but in vision, uh, in, in this vision, I saw sheep on a hillside, and I saw five shepherds, okay, the, the one was at, at the very top of the hill, and he was able to look out and see all of the sheep down the hillside, and he was also able to see all of the other four shepherds. And in this vision, the Lord revealed to me that a shepherd must close his eyes and rest. And that's why it's important to have those other four shepherds on the lookout so that while one rests, there are four watching. And then they rotated along the hillside and the one at the top took watch while one rested. And... and there, so there's four watchmen and one resting at all times, and they would rotate, and they'd rotate, and they'd rotate. And, and I asked the Lord, why is that so important? Why, why, Lord, are you speaking into my spirit? A shepherd must close his eyes and rest. And the Lord revealed to me that if a shepherd does not close his eyes and rest, he becomes weary, and his eyes become hazy 
and he can't see the distance to be able to see a danger approaching. He can't he can't look off the hillside and see a pack of wolves moving in if he's too tired. And so a shepherd must close his eyes and rest and 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 allow another shepherd to come to the top of the mountain and and take a look out while he rests. Okay? Uh, I, I really hope that that makes as much sense to you as it does to me. I know that it's kind of a um, unique revelation, a unique vision. But basically, uh, if, if we're going to um, define it, which I guess I'll do that for you in case it's not sitting right with somebody, in, in case you have questions. Basically, you look at the five-fold ministry, and you have... Um, Apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Remember, I said there were five shepherds on the hillside. Okay? And and there's one shepherd up at the top who can oversee all the rest. He he can he can oversee the other four shepherds and all of the flock. And then when it's time for him to rest, another shepherd can step up. And, and relieve him for a while while he while he rests. Those five shepherds, I believe, were representative of the five ministry giftings. And the one at the top of the hill, I believe, represented the ministry of a pastor who would who would be the leader of leaders, the elder of elders, the the under shepherd of the under shepherds, because Jesus is the chief shepherd. And uh, so I guess that's, I think that's a, a solid enough explanation of that vision. If you have further questions, if you want further explanation of that vision, certainly ask, um, because I would be more than happy to expound. But for the sake of time, I don't, I don't want to linger too long on that, because uh, we do have a little bit more to cover here. So that's... That's that's the long and the short of being the leader of leaders. Jesus is always the chief shepherd, and we are always under him. Okay, uh, and and so to go along with this vision, the ministry of a pastor is not just one person. So we look at our local church today, and we have the pastor, and we have the choir director and some of us have a youth pastor and some of us have you know a a pianist and some of us have a you name it a a young adults pastor and um, you know just just all kinds of here's and there's but certainly one person is the pastor and and that one person is responsible for making the phone calls to the people and and is responsible for going to uh, the hospital every time someone's admitted and is responsible for, uh, you know, wearing that title around his neck that says, I'm the, I'm the pastor of this church. And, and there's, you know, authority in that. and, And there's a little bit of clout, you know, in the local community. Oh, that man's a pastor. 
and oh that woman's a pastor well i'm i'm here to break that one down a little bit you see it's not one person the pastorate is a function the ministry of a pastor is a function not a title I want to say that one more time so you can kind of let it sink in. The ministry of a pastor is a function, not a title. Okay? Now, all five of the ministry giftings, the apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers, all five of them should have, if they are truly called to those ministries, they should have a shepherd's heart. And... and Maybe that's bringing that vision kind of into line for you right now. If they're truly called to that office, they should have a shepherd's heart. Okay, Uh, so we've talked about in the last couple of lessons some of the New Testament Ascension Gift ministers. Uh, We talked about the Ascension Gift apostles and the Ascension Gift prophet and, and evangelists and and so forth and so we want to talk about the ascension gift pastors uh, who who was called pastor after Jesus ascended and I want you to think just for a minute rack your brain who who were uh, we, so we know who the apostles were we know we know uh, the disciples were apostles. We recognize Paul as an apostle. Um, we talked about Philip being an evangelist. And, uh, and, and, and we, we know about the prophets um, being all throughout the Old Testament and the New Testament, really. But who, who was appointed a pastor? I'm going to give you a minute to think. And then I'm going to tell you, no one. And, and maybe you're kicked back in the chair and you're going, what? What do you mean, no one? Certainly someone was called pastor. Well, let me tell you, um, the only person who was labeled with the poimen term is Jesus. And we've already said that he is the chief shepherd. And, and shepherd is the way that he was... Uh, defined, he wasn't even defined by the word pastor. Even Jesus was called the good shepherd. And he is the one that walks in all gifts. There are no singularly called pastors anywhere in the Bible. So now there were a few people who functioned as quote unquote pastors, but they also functioned in another gifting. So, one of them is Peter. Peter is recognized as a pastor apostle. James is recognized as a pastor apostle. Paul was recognized actually as a teacher apostle. But no one, not not one person, was ever only called pastor. Okay, um, for for myself, I I could go back and forth. I, I recognize the pastoral side of my calling, 
Um, but to, to determine what I pair best with, um, to, to compound that ministry, I, I would personally, and of course this is not to boast, this is just my own observation, my own observation of my own life's calling is I would fall somewhere between a pastor evangelist or a pastor prophet. That's, that's the way that, that my giftings kind of flow together. I, I have a strong, um, I, I got a good backbone for evangelism and I got tuned up ears for prophecy. I love both of those. Uh, and, and if some point God called me to be a pastor apostle, I'd be right there. If, if, um, if you know, God called me to be a pastor teacher, and, and truthfully, I can even kind of get into that because I know that sometimes whenever I preach, I go real hard on the teaching side and real light on the preaching side. But I would say if I had to pick one or two, I would say it, it would be a toss-up between pastor evangelist and pastor prophet. But no, not one is singularly called pastor. And so this is, this is lesson six. And, and we have two lessons left in this course. Uh, next week, we're going to cover the ministry of a teacher. And the following week, I'm kind of going to give you a little bit of a challenge in your growth. But I want you to take this whole lesson and really chew on it. Um, think about everything that the pastor of your local church does. Think about all of the hats the pastor of your local church wears. Think about think about how it would be different. And, and I don't want to encourage a critical spirit, but I want you to kind of consider through the eyes of Christ, how it could be different if only the church would allow the ministry giftings to operate with, with all five of the fivefold ministry gifts in place. Okay? I'm going to leave you with four scriptures, and I want you to jot them down. I want you to uh, pray through them. I want you to think through them. Make notes in your Bibles and just see what God wants to say to you through them. Um, the first one's going to come from John chapter 10, and it's going to be verse 11. Written in red, they're the words of Jesus. This is the New King James Version. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. All right. Uh, take some time this week and pray through that. And, 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 mm, hallelujah. Be, just, just be with God as you seek him on, on why Jesus would say the good shepherd, who, he is the good shepherd, but why would he say I am the good shepherd and the good shepherd gives his life for the sheep? Why? Why me? Why did you choose to do that for me? Spend some time in his presence with that. The next one is 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 25. 
It says this, For you were like sheep going astray, but have now returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. And I want to draw your attention to the fact that shepherd and overseer are both capitalized, which makes them proper nouns, which means they're both in this scripture referring to Jesus. I want you to pray through that scripture and say, Lord, have I gone astray like a sheep? Have I gone astray like a sheep? And and am I on my am I on the path to returning to you? All right, that's that's what I want you to pray pray through on that one. Next one is going to be Acts chapter 20 verse 17. Acts 20 verse 17 says this from Miletus he went to Ephesus and called for the elders of the church why did I choose this one because of the beginning of this course when we talked about the uh, plurality of eldership this this is talking about going in, into a church going going into a city and calling on the elders saying I'm not going to do this alone I need a little bit of backing here okay um, that one I, I, whenever you go to pray through that one I would encourage you to pray that God would open your eyes to to how the church was meant to function Okay. Finally, I want to leave you with a scripture from Isaiah chapter 40 and verse 11. And it says this, He will feed his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs in his arms and carry them in his bosom and gently lead those who are with young. One of the reasons that I chose that verse to go with this is it talks about the feeding. It talks about the gathering of lambs talks about the carrying but but primarily the reason that I chose it is because it tells us how a pastor should lead and that is gently and and sometimes um, we we get a little bit ahead of ourselves and 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 pastors will get a little bit rough around the edges after some years in the ministry but it's so important that you lead gently and and if you're if you're listening to this and you say you know what eric i think i'm called to the ministry of a pastor i want you to pray through it if you want me to pray with you i am more than happy to do so i will i will be glad to pray with you and and see if we can discern the truth of what you're feeling in your spirit. See if we can discern that calling on your life. I will be more than happy to answer any questions, and you guys know that. Uh, so please don't hesitate to ask any questions. Uh, that's that's why we're here. That's why we're doing this. So uh, just, just take some time. Pray through those four scriptures. Um, and, and again, do a little bit of Bible research on being the door. And I hope that uh, 
throughout the week as the Lord lays it on your heart, as, as he brings you revelation on being the door, I hope and pray that uh, you'll be able to reach out to me and say, Eric, God gave me this awesome revelation on, on being the door. And, and you know what? If he, if he does give you an awesome revelation on being the door, please, by all means, share it with me. I want to hear it. Um, that's because that's, that's awesome. I love it when God gives revelation and, and so much of it. Uh, sometimes revelation is only for personal growth, but sometimes revelation is, is really to share. And uh, I, I would love to hear it. Whatever, whatever God lays on your heart on that, I would love to hear it. So uh, I'm going to pray us out. And if you have any questions, go ahead and ask. Uh, of course, they won't be recorded. Um, but, but just, just pray through those couple of things and we'll meet back here next week for our last, our second to last lesson on the ministry of a teacher. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you once more for this day and for this time. I pray, Lord God, that right now in the name of Jesus, you would even begin, uh, to, to train these people's hearts, Lord God, um, to, to see with your vision. I pray, Lord God, that you would train them to listen with your ears, that, that they would be able to look out and see how you designed your church. And Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that you would just bless and keep each one throughout this coming week. I pray, Lord God, that you would minister into their spirits, that they would grow, Lord God, in you. And I pray, Father God, that if any one of them feels that they are are called into this ministry, Father, that you would confirm it in their spirit, that, that someone would reach out and, and touch them, prophesy over them. Uh, Father, that, that you in some way would confirm in their spirit that call. Father, in the name of Jesus, I just pray right now uh, that you would tune up each one of their ears, Lord God, that they would hear you clearly as you speak revelation into their spirit. I pray, Lord God, that they would hear you with new vibrance, that, that as you speak into their spirit, that they wouldn't doubt, but Father, that in faith they would take pen and paper and write down the words that you say to them. Father, knowing, Lord, that, that you are the one who will guide us gently. I thank you, Lord God, and I give you praise. I thank you once again, Father, for using me as your vessel. I praise you, Lord, for each one of these people who has chosen to take this course. I give you all thanks, honor, and glory, and it is in the name of Jesus Christ that we all prayed and said, amen and amen. God bless you all. I will talk to you in a week.